brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Happy Friday, everybody. Happy Fun Friday. Welcome back to the House of Wrestling podcast. It is me, Nick Houseman, joined here as I am every Wednesday and Friday by Ennis McVeigh. Ennis, welcome back to the House of Wrestling podcast. Thank you, Nick. You've got it nice and fancy for me today, nice and comfortable, so I'm ready to chat about some wrestling. Yes, fireside chat here we're going to have about professional wrestling today. And if you're watching us live in video form, we want to thank you. You are a Clubhouse member. All, every Wednesday and Friday, Clubhouse members invited in here. You can jump in the comment section, be a part of the show, and then we release it on the podcast platforms and YouTube uh, everywhere else after the fact. But if you want to be a part of the show, join the Clubhouse. we got all kinds of stuff we do in the Clubhouse. I'll talk about it later. Uh, at the end in our club housekeeping segment. Um, but as far as today's show goes, uh, I should have brought my run sheet up. Here we go. As far as today's show go, if we have time, at the end of the show, we're going to talk about Butterbean. Everyone Excellent. loves Butter. Love Butterbean. I hope we have time for Butterbean. I really do. Um, so. We have more on the fallout from Scott to more, leaving TNA if we have time. We're going to talk about backstage AEW morale and more shakeups within the AEW office. We got Okada to AEW. Drew McIntyre's contract, the latest on the WrestleMania XL main event. And first, of course, we're going to get to the latest Vince McMahon news. But before we do, we have our first comment. It comes from Chris. Good morning, y'all. This is the greatest podcast on God's green earth. Chris, thank you. Love you. Love you, Chris. All right. Latest news here from the Vince McMahon scandal. Um, Or it's really, as as we've been saying, scandals. Multiple. Mm. And plural. First off... Why is News Nation on top of this story more than any other outlet on the face of the planet Earth? In a... I, f- I feel like they've just gotten everybody. And I don't know if it's just they they feel they've got like the gold here with this. They've just decided we're just going to keep digging it. Because I think they, they got one of the first major interviews. And then I think they've just been doing it ever since. So they got, Yeah, they got Constantine Kairos, right? Then they got the lawyer for Janelle Grant. Remember, mm. she was on, and then she, she was, the, and then this is the trifecta here. Now yeah. we've got. I got to meet whoever their producer is. They can't come work. <laughs> whoever this they is, come work for us. Come work for House of Wrestling, my friend. <laughs> whoever you are. So anyway, long story short, Ashley Macero's friend is on the show. There's about a five minute clip. Uh, and it's in a wonderful write up about the appearance uh, here this morning. And basically says that Stephanie McMahon was in the boardroom, knew about the allegations, Ashley said them to her face, Vince was there, other executives were there, and uh, at that point, Ashley was essentially threatened to keep quiet about the whole incident. And so now, as we said, this this web is going to you know come together. We have Stephanie McMahon um, knowledgeable uh, about mm-hmm. these Ashley Macero allegations. Does, does this change anything for you? Not particularly. I think ultimately we've said this before, but it's not just an issue that ends and stops with Vince. You know, this is a right. company-wide issue. It's not as if you know people like to put up this whole facade of all oh, Stephanie's. You know, the the nice one of of the McMahon's. But let's be honest. She, she based on ever on this and uh, other stuff we know about what's been how this has been so integral in the company. She has to. You know, she has to have known stuff, and it really just puts across this. You know, this idea that we need to know 
more about not just in this incident but with the Janelle Grant stuff about you know what the company is doing to tackle this. Yeah, and and it 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 brings up more questions about just like um what's being hidden what's what's known but not known you know hmm. um if if they're keeping something as serious as this under wraps right and stephanie yeah. was knowledgeable about it and was complicit in again john lornitis's lawyer said we don't love the term cover-up right so i hmm. guess we won't, we won't call it that but no a distraction from the issue at best yeah. and or worst maybe whoever whatever but anyway and then you start to think about the Janelle Grant suit, right? Now, if you already have a, a group of people that are willing to lie, deceive, cover... Oh, okay, sorry, not supposed to cover up. We'll just leave it at lie and deceive the public. Okay? Sure. We'll, go with comes, that. <laughs> we'll just We'll leave it there. We'll leave it there. It, <laughs> couch it there for the moment. You already have people that you know, or it sounds allegedly, are capable of having horrifying, horrifying information and uh, trying to control the narrative around it. And so, uh, you know, again, we're going to talk about the WrestleMania XL main event picture here. Dave Meltzer in The Observer goes out of his way to be like, well, mm. some people think the whole thing with The Rock was intended to be a distraction from the Vince issue. It was yep. booked several weeks before. Now, I, I've i heard the T-Mobile arena was settled on just like a couple days before the Wall Street Journal allegations went out. Right. Still trying to clean up that timeline, but mm. sound like too far before the Wall Street Journal allegation yeah. came out. It's possible that somebody from Janelle Grant's team or somebody knowledgeable of that case let WW somebody at WWE know this thing is coming down the tracks, and you guys need to yeah. be for it, right? At which point. Dwayne joins TKO and we start this whole thing up. So as much as I understand, and I don't want to be the guy with the tinfoil hat on here, mm. as much as I understand where Dave is coming from saying this was all planned a little before, we I want to be very clear. We still all do not know the timeline here for who knew what when and why mm. actions were taken based off of that knowledge. So and even if you disregard that, you know, it was only like four years ago after Ashley's passing that WWE put out that statement saying. Ashley never came forth to management. You know, management had no knowledge of this. So, and now all this is coming out. So clearly there's a contradiction there. So that raises yeah. big questions. There's, of course, the old mafia uh, line, dead men tell no tales. Um, sure. it, is, it is because you're right. They did it 2019 because they were forced to, because these documents came out from the concussion lawsuit that yeah. were damning. And so they they had to say something. They chose to go that route. And in hindsight, kind of finding out what we're knowing now and that dead men tell no tales thing where you can come out and say, this person's, this person didn't tell us or whatever. They're not there to defend themselves. And yeah. if that is true, also a very crass uh, assessment of, of how WWE dealt with that situation. So, yeah, again, all this does brings up a lot more questions about how things operate at WWE land, right? Yeah. What's going I on feel like that's going to be... That's going to be a narrative we've got for the next couple of weeks because guaranteed there's going to be more stuff coming out over the next well, little while. And and Dave, and Dave Meltzer again. And I don't usually like specifically talk to Dave's writing style mm. in The Observer, but he, <laughs> he he does make, I think, a somewhat cogent point, um, mm. which is that if, it did, if, they, if there was an inkling of let's get people to talk about something that's not Vince, it does seem to have worked on wrestling fans. Now, the general yep. public... I think the general public is disgusted with, with WWE yeah. and you know, whatever Vince, but 
with wrestling fans, and this is a point I made on Wednesday, um, it does feel like you know we're going to get into this WrestleMania main event stuff. This is where this is where fans want their. They don't want to think about Vince mm-hmm. and Laurinaitis. Not they want to think about what we're about to talk about. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean we saw that with the the whole we want Cody trending thing. That was like one of the top worldwide trends, and I don't think I've ever seen Janelle Grant like get anywhere near that level. I mean, people obviously talked about it when it came out when the the lawsuit emerged, but there's been nothing really to that level to that extent anyway. I do wonder what the fans can do to force a reaction from WWE because we've, mm. I mean, to be fair, we've seen nothing. Like we haven't seen a statement. We haven't, I mean, like we've seen. And there was supposed to know, be something coming today. There's supposed to be a response at some point today. I don't know what time limit. Oh, that's set, right. The, today that, was the, the, the 21 day limit. So that, there may right. be something later today. And that will, you're saying the response is it would come to legal filing, right? This is the day. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, it would probably, it wouldn't be like an official response to the company, but it would be like some sort of like, I, I think it's a response from the defendant. So it would probably be Vince or WWE or Laurinaitis. So got it. We um, well, let's talk about this thing. That's totally not a distraction from the Vince stuff. The WrestleMania <laughs> made event, WrestleMania mm. made of it picture. Um, so for like a couple weeks now, Ennis and I have just come to the conclusion they're just winging it, right? And much. yeah, I, I think we were proven correct by the observer today, correct? Yeah, yeah, I would say so. It's pretty accurate. <laughs> so, yeah, okay. So, at some point, yeah, I'm gonna try to meander through this, all right? So, at some point, all right, before, good luck. Before, before, <laughs> so, at some point before the Rumble, it was decided mm-hmm. Rock's gonna be gonna be the one to take on Roman Reigns, right? Yes. That's why he's coming back. Yes. But they still have Cody Rhodes win the Royal Rumble. And point at Roman Reigns at the end. And say at the press conference, he's challenging Roman Reigns. Let's add that. Now, there were a couple ideas here about how we were going to work this all together, I guess. The plan they settled on, according to The Observer, was uh, Triple H's idea on the February 2nd episode of SmackDown for Cody to come out and say, we want to take everything from you. The Rock is taking my spot. He's going to face you at WrestleMania. Um, That was wildly rejected by the audience now it was also noted there that you you had to cut because this was a little choppily written we weren't really sure exactly we kind of deciphered it what we think the other idea was was that the bloodline was going to attack cody rhodes mm. taking him taking him off tv entirely yeah. and then at the press conference they were just going to set up rock versus roman reigns now would that have been better or worse what do you think I think that would have been slightly better because then it doesn't feel like Cody had a f- like involvement in that segment, which I think was the main thing people were annoyed about. But then at the same time, you wouldn't have gotten that mega reaction for Cody on social media. So, you know, there's there's ups and downs to it. But at the same time, the, the whole idea that apparently... I, I, it's a bit choppy, as we said, but the wording sounded like it was a plan that came up either before or just after Punk got injured. So right. I don't know to the extent of whether or not that affected things, and then they changed course to what actually happened. So it's strange. There's a lot, a lot going on here. A lot going on here. And I, mm. I. So either way, Dave's saying the plan was so if Cody had been taken out by the Bloodline, he would yeah. have eventually come back to take on Roman Reigns for the title. Now, I love this little note. Whether that was at WrestleMania or slightly after. <laughs> oh, so so now now we're in a position where we're gonna have cody win the rumble but we know 
He's not going to get that title shot at Mania. We know it's going to happen at Backlash because he's going to get taken out and replaced by The Rock in the wildest WCW 2000 storyline booking <laughs> I've ever heard in my entire now, here's, life. Here's a question for you. Is that worse than him not challenging? What, what would you say is worse? Him not challenging a world champion at WrestleMania for that title shot or him not having the world title shot at WrestleMania and having it at another pay-per-view? Because uh, I don't I, know. I don't I don't know why they I just don't know why they just didn't have the rock win the rumble, right? <laughs> yeah. like, I mean, that is the obvious choice. That is the 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 prefer, the, the thing that fixes all this situation, but they didn't go with it. Cuz it doesn't seem like the punk stuff really affected like it maybe a little bit because they had to figure yeah. out what to do with Rollins and we'll talk about that in just a second. But like it doesn't really feel like that would have affected anything going on with the bloodline stuff. And like if no. if people and if people had been pissed off about Cody not being in the main event and really like fought against it, you still had the chamber. You know, yeah. you you still had the chamber where you could do something to make a change if you need to, but I think if you'd have just had the rock come out at number 30, place goes ape shit. He yep. bucks Cody, wins the rumble, I think people would have been maybe not thrilled, but no. they would have they would have understood. The, the right? overwhelming reaction would have been more positive. And if if the whole it would have spun out the whole Vince you know scandal stuff because as much as Cody winning the Rumble was was great, you know headline media headlines across the world, The Rock returns and wins the Royal Rumble. That's gonna you know that's gonna catch on. At Parker, our purpose is simple: we want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. So, so before this, we had Rollins and like, I'll, I'll jump around a little bit here myself. Rollins and Rhodes, they did that tease that they were going to do a match before the February 2nd SmackDown yep. because they wanted it as a backup plan in case something happened with, with Roman Reigns and The Rock. But then it, yep. after that segment was over, I guess the plan quickly became, we're going to do that and then Rock and Roman and then Rock gets booed on February 2nd. And then him and Brian Gewertz, his right-hand man, decide that if the fans are going to boo him, then Rock should be the heel. And that's when things, uh, winging it, uh, were shifted by Johnson to becoming (laughs) a tag team match on night one 
of WrestleMania. And despite how clunky this all was and clumsily it all came together, apparently a lot of people at the company see it as a success. A lot of people talking about it, but maybe don't necessarily love that Dwayne Johnson is uh, a hated member of the community now. Who knows? Uh, there's pro, pros and cons to winging it, I guess, in this situation. Yeah. See, it feels like this kind of brings in some more insight into the fact of it winging it. It feels like The Rock's sort of influence and Brian Gerwitz's influence on the creative plans have really kind of shifted things up, and that's probably why partly it's felt so hodgepodgely done. You know, it's it's yeah. it feels like they've been very they've been trying to work stuff out maybe with Johnson and, and, and Gerwitz, and that's why it's been so last minute put together, it feels like. It does It does feel like, and again, I made the WCW 2000 reference earlier, um, but it does kind of feel like this is what happened with, in WCW when you had these people with big egos that had power, right? Like yeah. Hunter's in charge of creative, but Dwayne's on the board, so you, both of them are kind of fighting for their spot. They, they're trying yeah. to work together to make something happen. Then you got people like Cody, who's... It's not like Cody's voice doesn't mean anything in the room, you know? Yeah, I mean, true. it's a lot of people, you know, here's the thing in the wake of Vince, because people got very used to with Vince, this psychopath is the last line of uh, communication. If we don't do what he says, he's going to yell at us all and break yeah. us as human beings, right? I'm not <laughs> saying it needs to be that, obviously, right? No. <laughs> but, but there does seem to be a problem with, like, what is the final... Like that's what this this seems like too many cooks in the kitchen to me is what this came down to. Oh, for right? sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I yeah. feel like, for sure. And and like uh there was a point I was gonna make and I forgot about it. It's okay. Oh. <laughs> I got another <laughs> it happens. I got, I got another point in the chamber here, and it's I'm there ready we to go. Roll. Good, I'm you saved to, me. Uh, I'm taking a three day weekend after this. I am ready to roll. I'm literally <laughs> already gone. Excellent. Already gone. <laughs> um so with this now that again, we're winging it, okay. Now sure. we're in a position where I'm going to guess the night one main event is this tag match. And then night yeah, two, so. night two starts with Rollins McIntyre ends with Roman. I would Cody. Say so. Yeah. Cause they've done that with, they did that with Rollins. Well, there was the rumble. Was it the 2019 rumble? Rollins opened it. Did he win the rumble that year? Or was that someone else? Cause he challenged Lesnar and beat Lesnar in that show. And I can't remember. Because I think they have done it a couple of times where the Rumble winner hasn't technically main evented. Yes. I'm no, curious. I know that. I know that that's happened. I yeah. I'd have to. I don't. I, I thought that that's a couple of days ago, but I couldn't remember. Possible. So either way. So so let's say that it's going to look something like that, which I think is yeah within the realm of possibility. Yeah. Seth Rollins is going to be back from injury in three to four weeks. Yeah. You are going to then put him in a tag team match on night one knock on wood that mm -hmm. he's going to open night two right now. Mm -hmm. I just want to be really real about the fact that they are not, like, it's enough to say, do everything you can to come back from injury in time to main event WrestleMania. It is something else entirely to say, come back ready enough to wrestle two WrestleMania matches back to back. Um, yeah. I, I just calling the elephant out in the room here that this is, they're treading lightly. I, th it's tempting fate a little bit. It is. And I mean, I mean, maybe they could go a bit safe with the tag match considering it is rock. So maybe, you know, they might, they could tone it down a little bit, but that has to be the main event at night one. And you can't like have a really safe match as the main event of WrestleMania. Yeah. I just, that, I thought it hit me this morning. I was just like, what if Rollins gets injured in this tag match that should have never happened? Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, what That's always been in the back of my mind. What is their plan if Rollins can't do WrestleMania? Because as much as he will be back, supposedly, there is a distinct possibility. 
I'm sending look, Rock's a heel. I'm sending him down to, to Australia, taking somebody out of that chamber match and mm. having him having him come in and go. I mean, him and Rock. I mean, it's look, Rollins McIntyre, beautiful story. It's certainly something yeah. the fans will get behind. But I think just man, what <laughs> again, two birds, one stone. Home. you may as well. Two, two birds, one stone. I think you know, you exactly. do rock Rollins. Just why you know, why make Rollins wrestle twice? Why? Why fill up all these main event pictures with four guys, you know? Because The Rock doesn't want that, and he has his own creative ideas and all the other stuff, apparently. Well, the, as the uh, as the sands of time through the hourglass, these are the days of our lives. This will continue on at Elimination Chamber. Uh, Grayson Waller mm. has announced that Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins are going to be his guest on a special Grayson Waller effect. Um, I'm guessing this is where we're going to rubber meets the road. We're going to... Find out if we're getting a tag match or something else here, right? I would assume the tease is coming on SmackDown because both Rock and Roman are on SmackDown and Elimination Chamber is the week after next week. So, yeah, I would assume they do the tease on SmackDown or they at least like mention it offhandedly. And then I assume the full announcement comes at Elimination Chamber for like the big, whoa, big pop. Now, I would think with this tag match, and I don't know why, but I would think with this tag match that you're going to want to put some kind of stipulation on it to raise the stakes sure. of it, right? Like, I don't know. Because I don't like... think it's that big of a match on its own. Like, Rock and Roman, yeah. But, like, the tag match, and especially because Rock and Roman aren't on opposite sides, it's a little odd. Yeah, and I would think, you know, again, like, something that affects night two. You know, like, yeah. if Rock and Roman lose then the bloodline is banned from ringside during roman and mm. cody so we can't get all the the shenanigans we got uh during last year's main event true uh, i think that's a possibility um it, it does possibly overcomplicate the main event though i think people maybe would then f go like for conclusion of well roman and, and seth are winning and then that roman losing two nights in a row well, Which... maybe it's if Cody and Rollins wins, the match is a Hell in a Cell match. And if Rock yeah, and there's if options Rock and, there. Yeah, if Rock and Roman win, then it just becomes a no DQ, right? And you kind of yeah. keep the the something. It just feels yeah. to me like this match needs. It needs. It does. Yeah, it does need a little something. Maybe maybe they'll think it in the storyline because granted, it has only been like two weeks since it was first teased, but still. So Fightful reporting that Drew McIntyre has had his contract extended beyond WrestleMania due to time missed for injury. Uh, we don't really know exactly how long. Uh, a new deal doesn't sound like it's been put together pin to paper wise yet finalized, yeah. but it does sound like both sides really want to make a deal. And, you know, I feel like we're beating a dead horse here. We've talked about Drew McIntyre at least once a week since we've been doing the show. And uh, <laughs> again, why would he leave? Doesn't make any nah, sense. There's to no me. point. He's no. they, they've pushed him so heavily in the last couple of weeks, and AEW is a risk that I don't think is really worth it for him. So there's, I don't see him leaving. Uh, and the Observer also saying Braun Breaker, he's going to finish out his NXT storyline and then come to the main roster. A doy. <laughs> <laughs> well, you never know. He maybe you know they could do the double duty thing, but I think that does make sense. You know, <laughs> it's time. A doy. <laughs> Nobody says a doy anymore. That was very no, you, you weren't even, you I haven't heard that in, in years. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> a doy. Uh, uh <laughs> AEW. Let's talk for okay. So here's we'll start with the topic we didn't get to on the last episode, and then we'll get to sure. some other stuff. So, first of all, fightful reporting Kazu uh, Kazuchika Okada uh, is expected to sign with AEW after wrapping up his new Japan duties. As of now, uh, it doesn't sound like Pin has been put to paper with AEW, but they're very confident that they're going to, uh, with their offer, and the first half of March is expected to be very big for AEW between what's expected to be Okada 
and Mercedes Monet uh, joining an, in Boston at the Big Business Show. Um, do you do you think that infusing these two are enough to really kind of bring the spark back to to what's going on with AEW at the moment? I think it's not. It's certainly not a CM Punk level, you know, big return. But I do think, you know, especially more so Mercedes, I would say honestly, because I feel like the AEW Women's Division has kind of been a bit. It's meandered over the last couple of months. I think there's been some absences, you know, Jimmy Hater's not been around, Britt Baker's not been around, they've been missing a lot of people. Whereas I feel like bringing in Mercedes on there, it brings in some buzz, it brings in some some new matchups and stuff. Okada, obviously, would be great in, in AEW as well, but I feel like we've seen a lot of those. This is my concern always with AEW. I feel like we've seen a lot of these matches, whether it be through Forbidden Door or stuff in New Japan already. It doesn't, yeah. Like we've Okada, like same thing with Will Osprey. It's like, oh, they're mm. part of the company. Were they not part of the company? Because they're already kind yeah. of, they're already kind of regularly around. It won't be the first time we've heard the coin drops, right? Um, yeah. With with Mercedes, you know, again, we did see her at AEW, but she did the New Japan run. She had a match with Willow that was kind of teased, right? Or not yeah. teased that happened, only, and then she only did like five matches with New Japan and Stardom overall. It really wasn't many. No, well, then she got injured, and then she couldn't do any more. Yeah, matches, of course. Right? Um, so, you know, again, these, they don't feel new and it's going to be about how they're used. Um, mm. this, the, the reason I ask if it's going to bring the, the spark back is the observer saying, you know, that despite the positive picture that Tony Khan is painting of high ratings and revenue, uh, there is a good morale in the company, but many worried that the popularity is declining based off of these, uh, reduced size houses for their live events, which is, yeah. a, you know, which is a tangible thing. You can look around and see. Oh, it's noticeable. This, decide if things are going well or not you know yeah do you think part of that is because of the success of wwe over the last couple of months because it feels like over the last six months or so wwe's been on a really really hot streak and i'm wondering if that's just affected it by proxy here's the thing is yes and and i think that wwe is real weak right now but i think that they AEW would have been better able to capitalize on this if tony khan hadn't uh shit the bed at the world's in press conference <laughs> to be quite frank yeah, just a little bit yeah no fear. you know and and i think that i think that that performance really made it made it difficult for them to capitalize on this moment you know what i mean mm. yeah um, this, and then there was the whole like weird book in that show as well with mjf just losing quite suddenly and then Samoa joe's been greatest champion to be fair to them but there were some weird choices on world's end yeah, and I, I don't mind. I don't dislike Samoa Joe's champion. The Young Buck stuff is very divisive, right? And the Darby Allen promo from Dynamite really upset a lot of people. Yeah. Um, I get kind of the like leaning in to like realism to to heighten a feud, but when you get so into like the backstage politics of it, you lose yeah. a lot of people, right? Like yeah. the thing I will say about WWE is the bloodline works because it's a bunch of dudes, bad looking dudes. Who just beat people up and cheat, and yep. everybody understands that, right? You know, it's a and the one time now that it's it's kind of started to falter is the time that they've started to introduce the sort of real world stuff with the whole Rock Triple H stuff. So, I mean, there's your case in point right there. Dropping f bombs, getting real up in here. Um, <laughs> so, uh, as the, as the AEW as AEW is attempting to pivot and find that spark again. Uh, the Observer and Fightful kind of dueling reports here about how Rocky Romero and QT Marshall uh, have joined AEW's front office or rejoined in QT's place. Romero is going to be focused on New Japan, CMLL, and other international partnerships uh, while working for New Japan. Both are going to be working as coaches and to develop talent, which QT's role seems more specifically uh, towards developing talent. Mm. Um, and QT is also going to be allowed to take non-WWE outside 
AEW booking. So QT back in the mix, kind of a tough pill to swallow. If I'm being honest, like, Hey QT, we know you really want to be a wrestler. We have no interest in that, but if you would like to develop <laughs> other wrestlers, we would love to have you in an executive. Here's six figures. I do feel like it's probably the best role for everyone, though, because ultimately QT gets his, like, outside bookings. You know, he can still do his stuff with, I believe it's AAA he wrestles with primarily right now. But, yeah, he can do stuff with that. He doesn't have to be contracted any, anywhere else other than WWE, you know, and he still gets to do the backstage stuff, which, from everything we've heard, he was great at. Rocky, I think, is an excellent pickup. I don't know how he is doing everything he does because he's wrestling New Japan back office. You know, he's basically the main liaison for English talent there um and now stuff with AEW so I'm very happy to see that but I'm very concerned that he's he's doing way too much but more power to him <laughs> hey good for it hey pick up make make your money my friend the thing about exactly. QT, the thing about QT coming back is this came on the heels of Cody looking really good and that mm. Darby promo right and now QT's back you know I'll I'll, I'll put on the the, the tinfoil hat here you know if you're trying to show Cody Rhodes there's a road back you know, they're, they're <laughs> you never know. Listen, hey, if the last two years has taught me anything, you never know what the hell is going to happen. Hey, Cody, you know what? You could finish that story or you could finish this story because you never. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you come back. We'll help you finish the story. We painted you as the good EVP. You're the good one, right? We love you. <laughs> you come back, we'll wipe clean. You can compete for the AEW title. Your dad never won that one either, right? No. Nope. Come on. You can win. <laughs> it also didn't exist. But, hey, that could be yours. Road, uh, all, all roads lead back, my friend. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. lastly here, and I don't think we're going to have time for Butterbean and, and Scott oh. Demore here. I do want to make sure that I What about Billy Corgan? Yeah. Do we have time for him? Billy's not going to be on the no, show here today. We're no, not going to have time for uh, Billy in the CW. But I shame. will end. I'll end real quickly before we throw to Brutus Creed, our interview to, to wrap up the show for Friday. Uh, Kota Ibushi, according to the Observer, out six to twelve months after ankle surgery. Another big loss, right? Yeah. But again, like Abushi, Okada, Monet, these are all very big names. How are they affecting the problem? What are you doing with them? What's the stories you're telling? Right. That's the, that's yeah. I think the big glaring kind of question mark a lot of fans have for AEW at the moment yeah the problem with Bushi as well is i think ever since that injury he had um in new japan at the end of the g1 i think it was 2021 ever since then he has not looked the same since he had that big debacle with new japan and it's it's only looked worse since that no match so i'm hoping this time off he can take some time off and like learn how to either like slow down a little bit or recapture whatever it is he's missing because it just over the last couple of years it just it hasn't been the same uh chris rosanto here vengeance for billy and the cw my friend hey someday <laughs> one day one day we will do it we'll get to it buddy don't you worry about it all right that brings <laughs> us before we get to the uh, brutus crate interview um i do want to uh first of all read a apple podcast review that Ooh. i believe actually comes from chris and so chris since you oh, are tuned excellent. in live i'm gonna read yours here on the show he headlines it appointment listening he said i love the show Nick is outstanding. I love being allowed in the clubhouse. Thanks for all the content. Five stars. Thank you, Chris. And if you want to be you. like Chris, support us. A couple ways you can do that. First of all, it is free to go leave uh, a five-star review, comment, all of that type of stuff. It helps us on the podcast feed. We appreciate it. If you want to take a little bit further, become a clubhouse member. Tier start at $5. You get exclusive access to the recording of this show. 
twice a week. We are going to be doing a post raw review show this Monday night just for Clubhouse members. Our gold lover, mem- our gold level member, Matthew England, is going to be my co host for that event. And we are always adding new interviews and other content. And of course, the Discord, where you can come acknowledge my existence if you would like to come over to the Discord. It'd be wonderful. I would love that. Um, all right. That's it uh, as far as housekeeping and, and everything goes. Before we get to Brutus, anything you want to plug, put over here to wrap up the show today, Ennis? Just my Twitter, at Ennis underscore McVeigh, where you can find my mostly video game tweets. But, you know, if you're into that, sure, go follow. Go ahead. You know, I'm not into video games. If I like Ennis, just follow him anyway. You know, you don't need to be into video games to follow Ennis. It's fine. Um, that's everything, everybody. Thank you all so much for tuning in. We'll be back next week. And here it is to close out the show, my interview with Brutus Creed. <laughs> Nick Hausman here from House of Wrestling. I'm at the Royal Rumble Media Junket, and right now I am joined by one half of the Creed Brothers, Brutus Creed. Brutus, thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you, Nick. I appreciate it. Now, you do one of the most dangerous moves in all of WWE. Uh, for those of you that don't know, um, it's called the Brutus Ball. If you've ever gone to do a cannonball into a pool, imagine doing that on the Creed. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, in all fairness, I haven't ever gotten hurt. No one's gotten hurt during it. <laughs> but... I mean, it knocks them out. It knocks them down, you know? It, it does. It does knock them out. Now, you guys have moved into a variation where it's kind of like the doomsday device, right? Correct. Yeah, it was never that way at first, but then we decided to make it as our finish because of how devastating it was. It, it looks far better, and I'm far less concerned for you watching it as a doomsday device inside of a ring. Can you just kind of walk me through the origin of the Brutus Ball? How did you decide to do this insane thing? I was at the Performance Center um, training, trying to get better. We were practicing dives. I said, what if this was my dive? Jokingly, laughingly, I hit a Brutus Ball. And uh, my brother and I were laughing. Okay. And I come stand in the liver a few months later. I was the biggest guy in the match. I said, I'm going to dive on these guys. And it ended up being the Brutus Ball. I dove on three people. I think it was Wesley, Marcel, and I want to say Nash Carter. Nash Carter. Uh, after I hit it, I threw one in the ring, and I got back in the back, and Triple H said, that was one of the coolest things I've ever seen. <laughs> and from there, I go, okay, now i got to make it a finish. <laughs> because what was crazy about the Brutus Ball is everybody was cropping you out, and they were putting you in all these different memes. Are you familiar with all oh, the Brutus? Yeah. Yeah. One was a catch-up one uh, into a pool. I think I was a basketball in a basketball hoop. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I remember those. How, how was it becoming a, a, a popular viral meme? <laughs> I think it's hilarious. Uh, I, I like the one Kurt Angle's got currently where he's just staring at the... <laughs> so I think they're funny, yeah. yeah totally, yeah. Um, Well, you know, I talked to your brother a little bit earlier. Uh, interestingly, he said that he thought he was going to be the one to carry the team to the main roster. He said, within three years, I'm going to take my brother, I'm going to put him on my back, and we're going to bring him to the main roster. Before I even ask you any more questions, can you react to what your brother told me about you and him coming into WWE? Wait, wait hold up, hold up. Like, uh, together? As he, said, he said to me, yeah, right, he said, to, he said to me, I really thought I was going to have to carry my brother on my back, and I'd get us to the main roster within three years. But then he said, you have improved so much. Yeah. You've become your own man. You've become a wonderful performer. But that was his initial uh, thoughts when coming into the company. Yeah, he slept on me. You know what happens, right? Tom Brady <laughs> didn't get drafted till later. Come on now. <laughs> what about to say, dude? Um, yeah, no, I, I feel like I definitely feel like I was born to do something, and then this was it. Um, I feel like I've improved. I feel like I belong now. Whereas at first, maybe during uh, the main roster and even our times and starting in NXT, uh, 
I was still uncomfortable. I was trying to figure it out. Yeah. But now I feel like I'm starting to figure it out for sure. Because he had to, he signed first, right? So did he have to kind of convince you to come into WWE? Um, not really. Yeah, I mean, not necessarily convinced, but because uh, I always wanted to be. Um, but I remember when I uh, placed at NCAAs and I All-American, uh, that was my ticket to get a tryout. And I was like, all right, now it's going to happen because now I'm recognized. I have credentials. So uh, we trained every day together to pr best prepare me for that and best prepare him for when he started. Man, you guys like a house of fire came to the main roster. Big win over Alpha Academy, right? Yeah. Before, but yeah, talk to me a little bit about that first, man. You spent so much time in NXT. You come to the main roster, you beat a legitimate, credible tag team like the Alpha Academy. What was going through your head when that happened? Um, so when it happened, you know, we flew in. We didn't know what was really happening in terms of we thought we had an appearance. We weren't sure what it was. We actually ended up having a match. We performed. We wrestled. We won. Holy crap. We had a fly actually right after get on a, a plane to go to NXT and have a tables, ladders, and scares match the next night. So we didn't have time to digest really necessarily what happened. After we did that, I got married the next day. After I got married the next day, Trent called me, hey, we want you full time on the main roster. I was like, what is going on? So a ton of I'm a roller coaster of emotions and not much sleep. <laughs> how, how, so is your wife wrestling? Is she a wrestling person? She's not a wrestling person. She's not a wrestling person. Okay, how, how hard is it to now that you're on the main roster, you got to travel around the country. How, how does that affect your life? Uh, you know, I guess being away from home a little bit, but um, it's worth it in the end. And the, the, the good outweigh the bad. Um, it affects it in a positive way. Awesome. All right, Brutus, I want to thank you so much for the time, man. All right, thank Very you. happy for you and everything. <laughs> thank you. Couldn't wait to talk about the Brutus Law with you. I had to know what, what kind of psychopath does this. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.